Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. It is the classical world at the movies. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. And as always, if you would be so kind as to, on whatever platform you are using to listen to this, give us a lovely rating, nice and high, uh, or leave some lovely comments. That would help us a lot and help us reach more people with our show. So we're going to be talking today about the movie Ulysses from 1954, and who better than to join us on our cinematic journey through the world of the classical history uh, epics than the one, the only, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Hi, good to see you again. So, Gary, today's film is Ulysses from 1954. Now, obviously, there are many films by this title. Ulysses is the Roman variant of Odysseus. And, of course, many people will know it from the great James Joyce work. But we're talking specifically about the old school Ulysses Odysseus from Homer. And this is a 1954 film which starred uh, Kirk Douglas and Anthony Quinn, two great old school OG actors, action actors. Oh yeah. Uh, that uh, that I, I really like. I know you like them too, Gary. Uh, this is an Italian film. It's an Italian production. And I the version I watch is entirely in Italian. Uh, if you know anything about Italian cinema, especially in that era, a lot of the times people would deliver their dialogue. Uh, they wouldn't use the actual dialogue track of the scenes. They would go back in and dub it afterwards. Everything. So even though you had a you know two people performing in a scene, in, even in Italian, you know, they might be performing with each other. It might be a great scene. They still would overdub it for whatever reason. And I kept watching this to see if I, whether Kirk Douglas or Anthony Quinn were speaking in Italian or not. Sometimes it appeared that they were and sometimes not. But anyway, so it's an Italian production. It was in Italian. Uh, and it is the retelling of the Odyssey. So, um, Gary, jump in here. What was your, how did you discover this movie? Well, I saw it as a kid. I think I saw it in the theater. Um, and I liked it, but in uh, you know the, the way I think about it today, uh, I basically only like Kirk Douglas's performance. The rest of the movie is just not up to par, and it, it doesn't hold up. What about our pal Tony Quinn? Uh, his performance did. Uh, yeah, he, I, think, I think those two were the two performances that, that yeah. worked. Yeah, uh, no, you're, you're he's right. Not in it much. He's not in it that much. That's the no, thing. he's not. He, he just comes at the end. He plays Antinous, who is uh, the so-called leader of the suitors. Um, 
They didn't mention a number. Homer uh, mentions 107 suitors, which is a product of two sacred numbers. Um, and um, he's suitably arrogant and everything. Um, and uh, he thinks he's going to force himself on uh, Penelope. Um, and um, But she holds him off. You know, that's part of the great love story. I, I, I call the uh, Odyssey the greatest love story ever written because – uh, you know, her husband, king, uh, beloved Odysseus, is away from her for 20 years, according to Homer. Right. 10 years of the Trojan War and 10 years in this voyage home. And she just steadfastly loves him. Even though th- three years before he gets home, the suitors uh, take over the palace and they're, you know, they're uh, eating uh, her out of house and home, so to speak, whining and dining and seducing uh, her uh, her maiden servants and all that sort of thing. You know, horrible st- stuff from uh, Penelope's point of view. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we'll circle back to a few things. You brought up the great love story, Antinous, Ulysses. Let's go back to Antinous first. Um, for, so for the viewer, this is a retelling of the Odyssey that's taken a lot of liberties in this film. Yes. So, well, we'll talk about a few of the things that Gary just mentioned, and then we'll talk about the whole film. But I thought it was interesting with Antinous, you know, uh, to cast Anthony Quinn in that role. He does stand out head and shoulders over everybody. He just, you know, he's a movie star. He's an yeah. old, from the days when there were movie stars. Uh, and uh, he really stands out on screen. And the same way Kirk Douglas was simply born to play these old school, ancient warrior characters. I mean, yeah. This is uh, about seven years before Spartacus. Roughly yeah, he also did a movie, years. The Vikings, where he played a Viking leader. He was great in that. Yeah, he just has that kind. He has that quality, that, that uh, yeah. undefinable uh, quality, which makes him really work in this era. He just he has the charisma. He has the kind of the the presence on screen that really, to me, really fits. He looks like a tough guy who would live in that era unlike the way they cast films now with guys who look like, you know, they should be fashion models and probably wouldn't live more than a day back in the old world. Well, like but, that, uh, like we discussed it before, that remake of Ben-Hur, the guy playing Ben-Hur was no Charlton Heston, you know? Yeah, it's hard the the, the way they, you know, to, to really pull that off now, I think just the way the, the movie industry is structured. So, okay, so we've got Kirk Douglas, we've got Anthony Quinn, uh, let's come, let's, well, let's talk about Penelope and the love story, but let's, let's, Let's go through how the movie plays out, the differences between the movie and the actual work, The Odyssey. So well, look, the movie look, begins. No, I, I have an uh, uh, old VHS uh, you know, mm-hmm. tape of the movie, and on the back cover it says, <clears throat> Ulysses, this adaptation of Homer's The Odyssey starts Kirk Douglas as, seafa- as a seafaring hero, Ulysses doomed to journey aimlessly across the sea after the Trojan War. Ulysses battles many adversaries on his way home from war to his wife Penelope, where he must meet and master a final challenge. That is not actually what happens in the film. Uh, the film uh, you know, starts out with Penelope you know, uh, longing for Odysseus. That, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And she's with the uh, nursemaid Eurycleia, <clears throat> who uh, is still alive. She was a nursemaid to Odysseus and uh, mm-hmm. a loyal servant and all that sort of thing. That's all fine. 
but then the movie takes liberties with with the Odyssey, which I don't like because yeah, it's the same here. I, I thought like, what? Why did they have to shift these aspects of the story? It, it didn't help, in my opinion. What they changed didn't help the storytelling. You don't really need to help the Odyssey along. For all you screenwriters and filmmakers out there, Homer doesn't need your help. Right. Okay? Right. He's got, thank, thank he's got you. the story down pretty well. <laughs> thank so. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah uh, so it, when you first see Odysseus, he's, uh, you know, he's knocked out or whatever, and he's lying on a seashore, and he's found by the daughter of the king of this island of Sharia, King uh, Alkenos. They mispronounce his name, by the way. It's supposed to be Alkenos. They pronounce it uh, something like a or something like that. Um, and uh, he's found by uh, the king's daughter, Nausicaa, and her girls, because she went down, uh, according to the Odyssey, she went down to wash clothes. I mean, I guess uh, a princess was not beneath washing the uh, royal clothing. Mm-hmm. And then she finds Odysseus and sees he's handsome, and she falls in love with him. And they, uh, and, uh, according to the the way the movie has, he, he doesn't remember who he is, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Homer has it that way. But anyhow, uh, she knows that he's uh, royalty from the way he behaves and the way he dresses her, and that uh, he does it in a noble way. And so she takes him back to meet her father, the king, and the king has Odysseus explain what happened to him. And of course, the king has heard of Odysseus and the uh, Trojan War and the fall of Troy, so they're all fascinated to hear it. That, that's how the Odyssey, um, you know, that's not how the Odyssey uh, introduces Odysseus. The, yeah, no, yeah, ex- exactly. Tell us exactly how uh, Odysseus. Homer's Odyssey, the first time you see uh, Odysseus, He's sitting on a rock on a seashore crying, uh, you know, because he uh, so dearly misses his beloved wife and queen Penelope and his son Telemachus. And he's being kept as a love slave for seven years on the island by Calypso. And he doesn't okay. have a way off. There's no boat. That, that's, what I, that's what I wanted to first get at. And that really bugged me because the way they set it up in the beginning, it feels like once again in this film it does it in a couple of different places, takes two different characters and then just just conflates and merges the story of the two in a way that's not at all satisfying. Right. So, so it makes it with the opening, you see all these beautiful girls on the, on the sea, on the uh, beach as uh, a Ulysses is washed up. This is in the movie. And so the feeling you get is this is like the, the, the sense of Calypso's island with her, her beautiful nymphs and she's the goddess and all that stuff, but it's not. Instead, yeah. it's the the princess. So that first of all jarred me, and then second of all, you lose that kind of power of you know the setup that Homer gives you of Odysseus being held captive on this island right. by this goddess sets this thing in motion for you as the reader, where you're like, wow, this is a really interesting aspect. You have this great hero, this mighty hero, Wiley, but he doesn't have the power over this goddess, but yet he wants to be faithful to his wife. However, this beautiful love goddess is using all her charms and powers over him. So you get all these kinds of conflicts. You don't get that when this movie opens. You get to totally just get a guy with, you know, conventional memory loss story where the guy who is, you know, lost his memory now has to somehow find his way back. Right. And that's 
we don't need that. The story is interesting. That's the other thing that I want to jump in and, and talk to you about with this film. So you've got you pointed out this first difference. The other difference that stands out, we talk about this every time we do one of these uh, classical world of movies, when they take one of the Greek myths, for some reason, modern screenwriters don't want to include the gods and goddesses. Yeah, and they can't do the that stories. with the Odyssey because Athena, the goddess of wisdom and defensive war, I just read a thing about her today. They call her mm -hmm. the goddess of uh, wisdom and war. No, the god, the, the god of war was Ares. The uh, mm -hmm. Romans called him Mars. Um, and Athena it's called Minerva in the Roman uh, mythology. Uh, mm -hmm. She's the patron goddess of Odysseus, and she helps him on his journey all the way home. And uh, they can't leave Athena out. It's ridiculous. The movie does. Right. And, and she she plays a role, you know, very early on in the Odyssey where she, uh, you know, the, the gods and goddesses change into human figures and come. Yeah, and they, yeah she transforms into a... Uh, a mortal from Ithaca, and and, and uh, he, right. he gets he gets Telemachus, the son of Odysseus, the son of Odysseus to, for some reason I don't quite understand why. But anyhow, to uh, journey to the Peloponnesus, which is south of Ithaca, and uh, go to King Nestor, who fought at Troy, and also over to uh, Sparta to meet with Menelaus and Helen of Troy, who's reunited again, you know, back at Sparta. Um, it's and again, it that's that's a key plot element. And there is some look. I, I get that in the modern world, there's this there is a real condescension about the ancient world of oh, they believed in gods and gods. It's as if, of course, we have all the answers, which we don't. And for those of us who do believe that there are greater things in heaven and earth than dreamt of in your philosophies, as Hamlet would say, those of us who do believe that there is a higher power out there. Uh, you know, there there is a majesty to that. And for those who don't, but under, need to understand that in the ancient world, there were ways of interacting with the world that maybe we have missed. And so the gods and goddesses are important, but even just as a storytelling standpoint, they are incredible characters. Why would you leave out an Athena or right. an Artemis? Right. You know, or Poseidon. I mean, why? They, they build your story. I don't know what they think they're doing by getting rid of it, but anyway. So this story completely removes the the gods and goddesses, except and then it, it gets, for Circe. It, it mentions uh, Poseidon is mad at Odysseus, but it, it it gets it wrong. You know, the reason is wrong. Uh, the reason is is Odysseus uh, meets up with the Cyclops and blinds the Cyclops, and then Poseidon gets mad at Odysseus. He doesn't get mad at Odysseus beforehand mm -hmm. uh, very much. Um, and so they got that wrong in the movie. And then a, another major thing is uh, they, they go to Circe, and Circe, uh, you know, uh, Penelope is played by Italian actress Silvana Mangano, and she was okay. And then this uh, Rosanna Podesta played... Uh, Cersei. And, uh, but what they do is they combine uh, Calypso and Cersei together with her. And uh, I didn't like that at all. And, it uh, makes no, it's like, uh, how cheap a production do you have? You can't afford to cast another actress as Cersei? Yeah. It just made no, it makes no sense to me. Again, it doesn't add anything to the film, it makes it weird and confusing. Like somehow this one goddess happens to look exactly like his wife. Yeah, and he which, wants which they to don't, which the they don't explain in the movie, by the way. 
at all. No, he just goes, "Hey, you look a lot like my wife." Yeah. And he's and the idea is, you know, Ulysses wants to get home. It's but but you if you end up at a place with a goddess who looks like your wife, I, that's going to kind of cause a conflict, I think. For, for most guys, yeah. it's like, oh, is this my wife? It looks, she looks like my wife. And it's just another, a weird choice. Another thing they uh, combined with her is they left out the sequence where, a uh, very important sequence where Odysseus has to journey to the underground afterlife, uh, meet up with Hades, the king of the underworld and the kingdom of the dead. And there he has to meet with this uh, prophet called Tiresias. Uh, they left all that out because in that sequence with Tiresias, uh, Odysseus does uh, meet up with uh, Achilles and, uh, you know, Hector and so on, um, and his mother, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, who, who died during his uh, absence. And uh, and so they, they combined that with, with the Circe sequence, which I didn't like either. Yeah, they, they conflate so much. I don't know if they were trying to make the, the in their mind make the film faster, make it move more quickly. There's a lot of no. I think they just there. lack budget and they lacked uh, good screenwriting. Well, the interesting thing is the director and the screenwriter were were are, are well gifted, celebrated filmmakers in their own right. Both the screenwriter and director. So it's surprising that they would make these choices. So I'm thinking that it's probably the budget, like you're saying, that they just didn't have the money. I mean, when you have to cast the same woman as Penelope and Cersei, something's going wrong there. Yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure what it is. I mean, it was produced by Dino De Laurentiis, who uh, and Carlo Ponti, who. Uh, we're able to produce major films, so I don't know why, but yeah, it's a strange choice. Well, so anyway, we we open up. We've gone, we've meandered around, but we've given hopefully the listener enough kind of sense of where big differences, the major differences are. So we start off with he's on, he's discovered uh, by Nausicaa, and he has lost his memory. And as the film plays it out, you see him remember. You you see him. Uh, she falls in love with him. They're going to be married, but he knows there's something off. He's, he's just wants to remember who he is. And then he walks down to the beach and suddenly he's triggered to this flood of memories. And that makes up the bulk of the middle of the film of him suddenly remembering all this stuff that happened. Why they needed to tell it that way. I don't know. Like why you had to tell it. Well, it was wrong. Flashback. I mean, the main thing yeah. I like about the film is Kirk Douglas's uh, performance. He's exuberant, particularly. I agree. Particularly, the best sequence to me is the Cyclops sequence. Just giving uh, Kirk Douglas some applause. He really is great. I mean, he makes a great Ulysses. And, uh, you know, the way he uh, uh, acts, you know, with the Cyclops. And the Cyclops was, special effects were good on the Cyclops. They're cheesy elsewhere in the film. I agree. I agree. You know, uh, but he really looked like he was 30 feet tall. He had a great booming voice, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it. uh, that part was good, but to show how cheesy the special effects were, when uh, there's a sequence where uh, Cersei is changing Odysseus's men back from uh, pigs into men, mm-hmm. and so you see a bunch of pigs in in a room, and then you see a fog coming in, and then the fog goes away, and then they're men. Yeah, I mean that's how cheesy. Well, that's that's the best they could do. Yeah. Well, I would say this. No, there, no, Ray, I thought, no, no Ray Harryhausen uh, special effects there, you know. 
No, not at all. But I will say, I think the nautical sequences were handled well. Yeah. So when they're on the ships, that's a very believable. You get, you do get a sense of being in the ancient world at sea and just the yeah. Kind but of they they don't show inspiring danger. You like know, Poseidon that. destroying no. Odysseus on his raft, the raft no. he sails off with Calypso's Island with, and all that. But uh, and then uh, you know th- that movie was sixty eight years ago. Uh, and like I said, it, it doesn't hold up. Kirk Douglas's performance does. The rest of the movie is, is just uh, not not good for me. You know, yeah, Anthony yeah. Quinn is, as we mentioned, he's he's fine as Antinous. Yeah, he's just not on screen enough. But he's he he stands out. He he seems very believable. You know, of once he arrives, you know what happens is Anthony Quinn's character shows up after all the other suitors are there, drinking and feasting and taking yeah. advantage. And he kind of walks in and owns the place. He's like, okay, you guys are doing doing your routine but i'm gonna go get the girl yeah and so he, he does it well and he's very believable charismatic yeah. works, but he's only in maybe five ten minutes of the movie maybe yeah. you know so but uh kirk douglas is fantastic as ulysses he's, he's too bad he, he couldn't have been in a better and, film. and 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 the uh one more thing is the scene where he, he and telemachus uh kills the suitors is well done and, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The end scene. And right. you know, he he has a dialogue which I copied in my poem on the uh, Odyssey, where he says, "And, and you and Tenuous, uh, first among the suitors, first to connive and die. Uh, now you will be the first to die." I mean, it's something like that. Yeah. And he shoots him with an arrow in his chest, and he goes down. Uh, but you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a it's a great it's a great scene. Uh, you know, the thing I was thinking about though, Gary, is how many scenes really are there in this film? So there's there's the scene on the island they find him. So he's on the island. That's a sequence. But in that sequence, there's a couple of different parts. Like he has a wrestling match and whatever. Yeah, and the they, wrestling match know, was not in the Odyssey, by the way. That's something. Yeah, uh, it's it's like, again. Why do these guys feel like they have there's some way they can improve? The great epic work yeah, of the Odyssey. They're, they're the trying to establish Odysseus uh, was uh, very capable as a fighter. Well, whatever. Well, you know, there's this book called the uh, Iliad where you might be able to show some sequence from that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they right. might just take a scene out of that. Wouldn't that make more sense than having a wrestling scene? Yeah. I don't know what that was about. Well, the movie does, uh, when he talks about, uh, well, they have the bard, uh, you know, performing to the suitors. And uh, and he's playing his lyre, and he's thinking about Trojan War, and they show scenes of Odysseus at Troy. Yeah, yeah, com- exactly. coming out coming out of the Trojan horse and and uh, capturing the city and all that. But that's that's all you need. That's all you need. You don't need to. Anyhow, add that. I, I want to contrast yeah. that film with a uh, 1997 uh, two part miniseries that Hallmark Entertainment did uh, on uh, mm-hmm. the Odyssey, which they called the Odyssey. And uh, Armin Asante, that actor, portrayed Odysseus, and he was no Kirk Douglas. He he just couldn't get the uh, the verve, you know, the exuberance and whatever. He, he underplayed it, and it's just wrong. I, I haven't seen. I, I'm a I'm an Armin Asante fan. I like him a lot. I think he's a really good actor. I haven't seen that. We'll have to. You know what? Let's we'll do. Uh, he wasn't good. And, that. Then, and then you. We'll do it. We'll do that for another. We'll do another one just on that Hallmark version. Okay, which I think would be All interesting right. to do. Um. So, okay, so we get through, he's found, uh, you know, he's found on the island. We have flashback sequences. We see him, you know, end up with the, the Cyclops, and that's a really good scene, and they have to figure out how to get out of that when they when Ulysses and his men uh, uh, 
uh, go to an island looking for some place to eat and some place to get some breasts and some food. They find it, and it turns out to be the island of the Cyclops, this gigantic man-beast creature, one-eyed. And so they're they're there with his food, and they're trapped by him, and that's the setup. And, of course, Ulysses has to use his craftiness to get them out. So there's that sequence, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the sequence where they are pulled they, with the sirens, and so they go through the sirens. We don't even well, that, see the Well, sirens. that's another cheesy scene. Uh, they just they show him tied to the mast, which is fine. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what happened in the, in the Odyssey. But they just have the uh, sirens, you know, say, oh, this is, oh, this they're not really uh, singing that uh, beautiful of a song, and yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, and you're not seeing the the sirens. They're half beautiful girl and half bird monsters, and uh, if they had good special effects, they'd show them flying around. You know, Odysseus uh, you know, tormenting them to come to their island, which uh, which they do sailors so they can eat them. They're kind of like vampires. Or I, I think I think maybe we're we're answering our question. These guys did not have the dough. The do re mi, as a as one of the priests at my old parish used to say, uh, they did not have the money to do this stuff because they clearly were finding ways around the special effects. Because yeah, in that scene, we just hear the you know his the in his mind the hallucinations of his wife and his son calling to him and all that stuff. So yeah, we don't see anything. Right. But I mean, they, they could have been much more inventive this than this. Anyway, so we have the siren scene. We don't see anything. He's tied to the mass. He ends up on Cersei's Island. She looks like his wife for no explained reason. And then she casts a spell over him. His men, you know, turned into pigs, but then he keeps them on the island way longer than they want. They finally decide, we've had enough of this. They try to leave, and then they are their ships are destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he the, snaps out of the reverie, and he's, you know, we, we're back on the, uh, we're back before the wedding, back on the beach, and he's like, oh, I know who I am. Guess what? I'm Ulysses. And, you know, that, that you know, kind of puts a damper on the wedding, as you might guess. And they give him some stuff to help him on his way home. And then he yeah. returns home to take on the suitors. The end. Um, so, Gary, what are your thoughts? on As we close, what are your thoughts on this movie overall? Well, uh, what, what was our... Uh scale again uh, shields five shields we're out of uh, out of five shields how I, many shields would I, I you give it a, a two and only because of kirk douglas's performance i agree with you i might give it a you know i was thinking i would give it two and a half shields mainly because kirk douglas almost entirely a little bit of anthony quinn because yeah. he's there and also it, it feels it had the right fields from that era where it's still they had at least a visual sense of yeah, yeah, ancient splendor. So I'll give it two and a half shields. But, uh, you know, for the for the listener, I can only recommend this if you'd like to see, if you're a Kirk Douglas fan, if you're an old movie fan, maybe give it a watch if you have nothing else to do on a Sunday afternoon. But uh, otherwise, not the best adaptation of the Odyssey. And, and that's An what I'm saying. I, I hope you and I can do our version of the Odyssey because we could do it so much better than either one of the films that we... We're we're gonna and and the gods and goddesses will be in that. We'll one. be so, in it. Well, thank you very much, Doctor Gary Stickle. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. This is Sean Marlon Newcomb. We're on the thirty-four Circe Salon, the 
Parallax channel. This is the classical world at the movies. We've been reviewing Ulysses, the 1954 version. Thank you all for listening. God bless. We'll talk to you soon.